0: Welcome to Classics Unlocked, a program brought to you by Universal Music and Classics Direct. My name's Graham Abbott. program will focus on a corner of the repertoire many find daunting, whether as performers or as listeners, but it's my hope that I'll be able to provide you with a way in to this incredible music. In two earlier Classics Unlocked programs, we surveyed the early and middle piano sonatas of Ludwig van Beethoven. Now we complete the journey with a look at the late sonatas we'll draw the recorded examples from the 2019 Deutsche Grammophon reissue of Wilhelm Kempf's recordings of the complete Beethoven sonatas, recorded in the mid-1960s. We ended the program on the middle sonatas with the sonata number 26 in E-flat, the Farewell or Les Adieux. Five years were to pass before Beethoven wrote another piano sonata, and this, the E minor sonata, opus 90, straddles the world of middle and late Beethoven. It's usually regarded as one of the middle sonatas, but it looks forward as much as it looks back. Composed in 1814, this is a two-movement work, a structure Beethoven had started using in the middle period and would use again in the late works. Contemporary with the 7th symphony, Opus 90 perhaps reflects the stronger sense of nationalism prevalent in Vienna after the defeat of Napoleon, by virtue of the fact that the movements have extensive tempo and style indications in German rather than Italian. We just heard the opening of the first movement. The second movement is titled Nicht zu geschwind und sehr singbar vorgetragen not too briskly and conveyed in a singing manner. The period after this sonata, from 1815 to 1820, was marked by a number of major crises in Beethoven's life, including his recurrent illnesses, the death of his brother, and the protracted legal battles with his sister-in-law over the custody of his nephew, in which, it has to be admitted, Beethoven acted shamefully. He wrote much less music overall in these years, and yet he still managed to produce searching, groundbreaking works of art. Thank you. Beethoven wrote his 28th Piano Sonata, the Sonata in A, Opus 101, in 1816. Its apparent tranquility is deceptive because it heralds the start of an extraordinary composition and an extraordinary period in Beethoven's life. The turning point for Beethoven musically came around 1815 with the two cello sonatas later published as his Opus 102. In these, two things become very clear. Firstly, Beethoven was starting to become fascinated with adapting formal structures into new and unique forms. Sonatas now didn't have to have three or four movements in an established order, and within this, structures like sonata form, rondo form, and variation form were mixed in the same piece for new creative ends. Even the world of opera and that of the concerto were invoked, with solo instrumental works containing recitative-type passages or cadenzas. The famous cello and bass recitative and the last movement of the Ninth Symphony is a case in point. The other thing which becomes very clear as we look at the start of Beethoven's final decade as a composer is his fascination with fugue. The idea of counterpoint obsessed him in his later years. This is that form of music which, rather than having a prominent melody and a subordinate accompaniment, has several independent and totally equal parts or voices which indulge in music of mind-bending complexity. Time and again in the late works, and especially in the late sonatas, we see formal freedom and fugue as the twin pillars of Beethoven's creative temple. In the A Major Piano Sonata, the gentle, song-like opening movement is swept aside by a march which has overtones of Schumann in its relentless dotted rhythm. What seems to be the slow movement follows, but we soon discover that it's not really a slow movement at all, but an introduction to the finale. Once underway, the finale is driving and dynamic. The finales of the late sonatas take on huge importance in Beethoven's structural priorities. Gone forever is the notion of the finale as something quick and light to round off the more serious stuff which has come before. In these finales the weight of the world is often on the pianist's shoulders and fugal passages can start and stop at any time. Played complete, the Opus 101 Sonata takes about 20 minutes to perform. Between 20 and 30 minutes is the usual length for a major piano sonata. However, in his next sonata, Beethoven breaks all known boundaries. The Sonata Number no. 29 in B-flat, Opus 106, is one of the great monuments of the piano repertoire. In performance, it takes about three quarters of an hour. Technically... And intellectually, it challenges to the limits anyone who would dare play it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It was composed in 1817 and 1818, and it has the nickname of Hammerklavier. This is simply the German word used in Beethoven's time to signify the piano, which has hammers striking the strings, as opposed to the harpsichord, which has quills that pluck. Beethoven had been using the word to denote the piano in his works for some time, and had instructed his publishers to use it on the scores of his piano works from Opus 101 onwards. However, it was only used with any clarity in the early editions of Opus 106, so it stuck as a nickname for this particular work. It's impossible in a survey like this to do justice to Opus 106, So, a couple of examples will have to suffice. The ending of the first movement contains a wild passage of broken octaves in both hands. Incredible strength and accuracy are required to bring it off. I haven't mentioned one of the most radical aspects of Beethoven's writing at this time in his career, namely his unique approach to harmony. While more or less working within conventional views of key and key relationships, there can be no doubt that Beethoven was experimenting with harmony on a completely unprecedented scale in his late works. Not only was he radical in what chords came after other chords, but within chords, his approach to dissonance was also completely unlike anything written by anyone else up to that time. After a scherzo movement which breaks all the rules of a traditional scherzo structure, the Hammerklavier Sonata continues with a massive slow movement which, at around 20 minutes, is itself as long as the entire Opus 101 Sonata. In the music of the intimate, completely unique slow movements Beethoven wrote in his last works, I always sense the deaf and isolated composer giving us a privileged glimpse into his private world. And then we have the finale, one of the most famous, some might say infamous, movements in the entire piano repertoire. Beethoven called this monstrously challenging music Fuga a tre voci, con alcuna licente, a three-part fugue which takes some liberties. Free it might be in terms of strict fugal practice, but as a vehicle for Beethoven to express himself, it's unparalleled. It goes on for nearly 12 minutes, so we can't hear it all, but this is how it ends. sense, this music is quite mad, because it's totally out of step with anything anyone was writing at the time, or had ever written before. We could analyse that fugue forever, finding passages where Beethoven has, for example, used rhythms both forwards and backwards, where melodies are turned upside down, and where elements, such as the trill, almost become melodies on their own. And then there's what he does with harmony. But certainly Beethoven knew that the first three hugely dramatic movements in that sonata needed something hugely dramatic to conclude the work, and that he achieved without a doubt. After the shattering power of the hammerklavier the next sonata, number 30 in E major, opus 109, comes as a shock in many ways. It was composed two years later, in 1820, and it returns to the shorter dimensions of opus 101, taking about 20 minutes to perform. And again, Beethoven treats the whole sonata structure totally unlike anyone before him, with the dramatic thrust of the work impelling us towards the finale. To make the finale stronger in impact, he correspondingly sought ways to lighten the impact of the first movement. And in the Opus 109 Sonata, he does this in an incredible way. Quite simply, he set himself the challenge of writing a first movement which hardly exists. The first movement of Opus 109 is a complete sonata form movement with two subjects, development, modulation, the whole box and dice, but it lasts less than four minutes. It's a sonata form movement, but one with the greatest possible contrast between the two subjects and as little non-essential material as possible. In other words, it's concentrated to within an inch of its life. There's no introduction. The first subject starts right away with the key shifting to the dominant right at the last second before the second subject is heard. And this is the second subject in a completely different tempo. the development section based on the first subject. subject. closing section. That's it. That's the entire first movement, a complete sonata form structure of incredible compression and density. The second movement is even shorter, a violent two and a half minute scherzo, which dispenses with the usual repeats commonly used in such movements. And so, with two movements completed in less than six or seven minutes, Beethoven puts all the weight and focus of the sonata on the finale. Opus 109 ends with a variation movement lasting twice as long as the preceding two movements combined. Here the mood is the opposite to everything which has gone before. It's marked by the composer with the direction Gesangvoll mit innigster Empfindung, songlike with deepest feeling. Nothing is rushed. There's all the time in the world. It's in fact a combination of slow movement and finale. It ends with a variation that obsesses, like the Hamaklathia fugue, over trills. But the musical result couldn't be more different. The E major sonata was followed a year later, in 1821, by the sonata number 31 in A flat, opus 110. Like its predecessor, it consists of three movements, with a short scherzo as the centerpiece. Unlike number 30, number 31's first movement is more substantial, but the song like quality of Beethoven's late period otherworldliness is never far away. The finale of Opus 110 though is still substantial and groundbreaking. It begins with one of Beethoven's most personal and timelessly sad utterances. It combines recitative with an aria-like melody to which he gives the label Klagende Gesang, a song of lamentation. This all serves as an introduction to a fugue, but the approach could not be more different from the fugue in the Hammacloffier Sonata. Here the mood is more relaxed, less frenetic, but the structure and texture are no less complex. the fugue is interrupted by a reminiscence of the slow introduction and its song of lamentation, after which the fugue resumes, with the subject upside down. This in turn takes us to a powerful ending to the movement, with the fugue subject heard in its original form. To Beethoven's last piano sonata, the Sonata Number 32 in C minor, Opus 111, completed in 1822. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365 day returns. This is in two movements which contrast enormously. The slow introduction to the first ushers in a main fast section of incredible power and energy. First movement ends quietly in a serene mood which is itself something of a shock after the turbulence which has preceded it after which we have the second and final movement this is a vast creation spanning more than a quarter of an hour in performance which beethoven titled arietta this might be the diminutive form of the word aria but this movement is by no means just a little aria However, the title does denote something of Beethoven's aim here. The deceptively simple melody which forms the basis of a set of variations is one of those timeless slow melodies which only Beethoven could write. Again, we're transported into his private world. Time doesn't allow us to look in detail at each variation, but suffice to say, every one is an individual work of art in its own right. By this stage of his career, and in the last movement of his last piano sonata, Beethoven was writing for no one but himself. There's no need for decorative emptiness. Every note carries weight and power, and is deeply personal. It's also music which requires virtuosity of the first order to play. These late sonatas are pianistic everests, and this set of variations is of ferocious technical difficulty. We'll end our program in a moment with the end of Beethoven's last piano sonata. Many pianists have recorded all the Beethoven piano sonatas, many more than once. One such pianist was Wilhelm Kempf, who died at the age of 95 in 1991. He recorded the cycle three times, before the Second World War on 78s, on mono LPs in the early 50s, and then in stereo in 1964 and 65. This last set, a beautiful and poignant reading of these masterworks, was recently reissued on CD and Blu-ray audio by Deutsche Grammophon, and musical examples for this program were drawn from that series. My thanks to Tom Ford and Jakub Gardoschinski for the technical production of Classics Unlocked. I'm Graham Abbott. And I look forward to exploring more wonderful music with you next time.